0: South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz, here to talk with you about the paranormal as we are each and every week. And psychic medium Stephanie Burke is not here this week. She's actually away, but uh, we do have a different Stephanie here with us in the studio. And let me just make sure I have the right mic. You can go ahead and try and talk, see if that works. Oh, that's Moniz's mic. Let's try this one. Okay. Welcome in, everybody. There you go.
1: Hi, very excited to be joining.
0: We have Stephanie Forlini joining us, who I had the opportunity to interview on Midnight Society uh, a few months ago, and we had the chance to investigate together. Uh, well, actually, that was a few months ago, so it's been a while since you've been on Midnight Society, but we investigated the Oliver Estate, and now you get to meet Moniz for the first time. Definitely.
1: So. Very excited to be having a great conversation about the spookies with you guys.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I, I wonder well ahead of time that someday she would have to meet you, so... I'm not I, as I, bad as they try and make me. No, out you seem to be, great. I'm worse. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, we when my son was really really little, <laughs> we taught him to say like he was like, well, when we started doing the show, he was like a year old. And well, he was a little older. Than no, you. he's 17. So, he was literally a year old yeah. when we started doing the show. We're old. We've been doing it for 16 years now. And um we, one of the first things we taught him was, you know, we would we would teach him, like, different things about different people, like, you know, word associations and things like that, and so the word associated with Moniz was creepy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yep. No, he's not kidding.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But Moniz embraces it. Yeah. He, he enjoys it. It's, I like being spooky, you like being creepy, and together, nobody wants to hang out with us. Exactly. That's why we hang out with each other. It's
1: cool. I have that problem, too. Well... <laughs>
0: You can always come and be part of the spooky crew and be part of the spooky weird family. We, we take anybody in. Uh, so we had originally, uh, my producer for Midnight Society, Michelle, had found you on TikTok because you you have a very large following there. Tell everybody a little bit about what you do on on social media.
1: So my TikTok account is pretty much dedicated to discussing all of the paranormal instances and occurrences, I guess, that I had been experiencing. Basically, the reason I had gone into it was I just really started investigating what was happening with me and things that I was experiencing. I tried researching a bit earlier and I really hadn't found any answers. And then um, after leaving corporate America, I delved into it, you know, more full time and picked up quite a following discussing the CIA declassified documents as well as different paranormal phenomena
0: what 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 would you say is kind of your your audience say on TikTok for example is it a lot of younger people is it more across the board
1: i really think it's pretty across the board i think it's really interesting that a lot of the people that follow me, I find they're really interested in discussing the link between like the science and spiritual sides where a lot of people are very open minded. They want to hear more. They believe that there's more probably, I mean, based on science as well. And I really try to connect, I guess, for the quote unquote logical brain because I actually was in law school before corporate America. So like I had a really hard time transitioning out of the, you know, book kind of avenue into understanding how and why these things work.
0: So Moniz, I don't know if you're familiar, but TikTok is an app. <laughs> is is that on that interweb it's, thing? Yes. <laughs> There's these things called smartphones. Okay. And and on those smartphones <laughs> you download these things my called My Phones apps. a dropout. It's starting to it's starting to sound like uh like the Gilbert Gottfried podcast when he does the old Groucho. <laughs> Back in my day we had these things called cell phones. <laughs> uh but yes, so but I know that you're not a TikTok user. I am not a social media fan. I but, don't mind smartphones and stuff like but that. But I will say that, the, you know, I was I was against TikTok from the beginning because... And still to this day, like if I open up TikTok, it's mostly just people, you know, shaking their butts and shaking other things. But the more you can curate that and find the, the kind of content that you're looking for, the you do get some pretty good... Um, bite-sized bits of information. I mean, obviously, there's a limit of, what, three minutes for, like, the longest video?
1: Three minutes, yeah.
0: And and I'm sure if you've made three-minute videos, you find that those are the ones that people watch the least. You know, they like the they like the quick hits.
1: See, I find that just because the people that follow me are the people that are really on there for the educational information and not so much the shaking of the butts, so they are willing to stay for that three minutes to hear me talk about things because I try to... I have to record a few times to even condense it down to three minutes. Minutes to kind of discuss what I'm going through, but I've actually gotten more requests to bring it over to YouTube as well. So I'm on that move as well, trying to take a longer chunk of time to explain things.
2: So I, think- I take it as social media sound bites.
0: Um, I mean, to some degree, it's almost like little mini web series for for a lot of the well, content creators. Well, three minutes isn't really all that long.
1: It's definitely not. It used to only be up to a minute, and like a lot of them were 15 seconds. They're short attention span feeders there.
0: (laughs) I mean, that didn't work. That didn't last when it was vine. So oh,
1: I kind of miss Vine. Honestly, I'm not going to lie.
0: All those other ones that they had. Uh, I, and, and I think that first of all, I think I want to start making videos on my channel where I shake my butt and talk about paranormal things. Wear,
1: wear like a a pillowcase. Yeah. Wear a pillowcase and look like a ghost too.
0: I think if I, yeah, I think if I put all, all of my skills together, um, but I, I find that there's a there's a lot of comedy on there too, uh, so like I'll go through and I'll I'll just tell you know I'll just remark it how everybody isn't nearly as funny as they think, but it's like it's a it's a good way to for people who want to get into this but don't want to get overloaded, because if you're gonna go and watch the videos of the people who you want to learn the information from, you know when you flip up to the next video it's probably gonna be somebody you know, pulling a prank on somebody else or somebody else falling on ice or something. So, like, you you don't have to dive in super seriously if you don't want to. Is uh, it
2: segregated into types of videos? Well, I've never seen a TikTok video.
1: So, I'll, I'll show you some after, but more or less, it's basically formulated upon an algorithm. So when you join TikTok, like if you were to download the app right now and you'd never used it, it would be probably the most viral videos, which are like funny prank videos, you know, dance videos or things like that. What about shaking? Right. And then the more you keep scrolling. Low
2: fruit. Got
1: it. The more you keep scrolling, and like you're like, oh, I don't like that content. Like, if you don't watch the full video or you don't like, you just keep scrolling. It'll eventually understand the way that you think and the things that you like.
2: Oh, social programming. Yeah,
1: it. so it'll it'll kind of cater to what your interests are to get you to watch more, stay longer. And I've come to the point where all of my videos are on spiritual, metaphysical TikTok. So I literally don't see other kinds of videos.
0: <laughs> and, and the reason why I bring that up is because. I've gone through a, a bit of a, an internal struggle where I didn't, I didn't love the t- type of content that was being put out on TikTok for paranormal things. Because for one thing, uh, a lot of the people who are doing the spooky TikToks are just taking the research information that people that I know have done and not giving them any credit. Uh, the good ones do. I mean, the good ones are, are you know, referencing who, where it is that they found this information. But a lot of them are just basically narrating things that other people have written and so uh, there's there was a, a lot of plagiarism going on, and there still is. But what I found interesting about it is that people who might not normally have access accessed these topics are now doing so. So it's just like, just like how people railed against paranormal reality TV 20 years ago because they said this is going to ruin... And some
2: of us still do.
0: <laughs> right, but they, this is going to ruin everything that, you know, the, the, the paranormal is all about. But then it brought new people into the fold, for mm-hmm. good or bad, but it brought, yeah. you know, renewed interest into it. Uh, then, you know, think about it like this. For every paranormal group that complains about how paranormal TV has ruined the paranormal... The places that you get to go and investigate now might not have ever let you through the door had it not been for Paranormal TV. So and
2: it's also shut some doors that once we did have access.
0: Yeah, to. but I, I do think that the I think that the the gain outweighs the the loss. I
2: got where you're going.
0: And and so it's kind of the same thing with TikTok, and it's and it's not just that either. It's as Stephanie mentioned, you know, YouTube. Uh, I still have a big problem with some of the YouTubers. I think that there a lot of them are just jerks. Like stop breaking into places, stop sneaking into places, uh, and then the ones who do get permission are just so insufferable to watch that uh, I don't really give them any credit. and they, they show up in Ferraris and things. And sh- anyway, that's a whole different story. Um, but the uh, <laughs> it's not jealousy at all. Uh, <laughs> the 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 idea of of people coming into the subject matter through this means, I had to kind of really reconcile that with myself. And and there's still a, a matter of you know, shaking all that out. And I think that the the cream rises to the top as, as Macho Man Randy Savage taught us. And so that's going to be the long-term effect of this is that, you know, there'll always be the people who are copying other people's work, but then you're going to get a lot of people like yourself who are taking what they've looked into and interpreting it for people. Uh, others who are going to places and actually creating videos of different haunts, Uh, people who are taking some of the best evidence that they are aware of and, and and piecing it all together. You know, I think it's just, as with anything, there's a a bit of a learning curve with it.
1: There definitely is. And it's um, definitely kind of a catch 22, as you mentioned, bringing in the new people and, Some people plagiarizing and everything. I really like the feature on TikTok. They have a green screen feature. So I can put up a picture, like a screenshot of the article that I'm referencing or everything like that. So I am giving it credit. You can see it right there. You can read it right there. And I am like pulling you know, bringing this information forward. Whereas you mentioned other people might not necessarily have access or see this stuff. So I think it's really interesting. And mostly the things that I post are kind of formulated along my journey as well. Things that I've found interesting, things that I've learned along the way and kind of like the stepping stones. So it definitely is a learning curve because most people aren't even taught about any of these subject matters. So I've found myself kind of You know, digging my way around there.
2: (laughs) Mind if I ask a question? Again, I've never seen it, so I know in YouTube there are descriptions where people can write a paragraph or more. Does that occur with TikTok? Are you able to get some sort of written description so people can actually put a reference? Hey, I this is the base of, you know, links to where I got this.
1: Yeah, no, unfortunately in the comments, even if you were to link an actual link, it breaks the link. So you literally would have to copy it. And then it copies the entire thing, including the person's username. It's like a very hectic procedure to it's, it's go ba- there.
0: Basically what it is, is they don't want to take you out of the app for anything.
1: Yeah, they like basically try to keep you there. Cause so. the more
0: you stay, the more ads yeah, load every yeah, four or five videos. Yeah, and more money they make
2: in advertising. I guess. Yeah, but
1: they do have like a little section for a caption underneath it's not that many characters nor are the comments. So that's why I like to utilize the green screen feature to show the reference as well.
0: And the way and they kind of the way that it's built, you know, to get it seen by as many people, you have to put a lot of hashtags into it. So you're taking up that caption space with the hashtags. So it's 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 definitely it's definitely not built for you know, for further reference, unless you're presenting that in the video, Stephanie. I was same. just
2: gonna say, you can put like a your own little crawler on the screen. This reference from you know below your video.
0: Nope, that's gonna get wiped out by the stuff that they overlay over it. You have very limited. You can put some stuff on the screen.
1: You can add some text to it, and you can set the duration of the text. So you can say, for example, your video is three minutes long. You can set the text to show up from like ten seconds to twenty five seconds, and then it'll not be there the rest of the time. So if you have one section that you want to put a citation or something on, you can do that.
0: The interesting thing is I find myself using it to make videos for other social media <laughs> because it has such a, a, a good native kind of way to edit the videos and to add some effects into okay. it. Remember, remember so when we had to build up- a green screen? you can upload a pre-canned vid- video. You could do
1: that. Yeah, yeah, you could also do that.
0: But it's just I like to use the the, the software within it. Okay. Because like she was saying, Stephanie was saying, she uses a green screen featured on it instead of having to lug in the green screen that we built years ago and put it up behind us, you can just do it right on Or
2: painted the wall. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I can literally just use it on my phone. So instead of just recording me with like whatever background I'm in front of, it'll green screen it. So I can add the screenshot of what I'm talking about right behind my head and I can like pinch myself smaller. So like if I just make my head really small, you can see almost the majority of the page and like barely even any of me.
0: (laughs) The one thing that I, the one thing that annoys me about, about TikTok, and I don't, I don't think you do this, so don't be offended. Okay, thanks. And, and, and Becky, I apologize in advance because I know that you do it. And Amanda too. We, we need to get everybody a, a better mic option than holding their like iPhone mic and I don't know why it. people
1: do that. I don't know why. I, I, is it like trendy or what? I think
0: it's just so that you get better sound than talking into your phone, but there's, there's better options.
1: I just talk into my phone. I don't, I, I've never had a complaint.
0: There's better options. I feel bad because Lab like Mike was well, like, well, so they, they actually have, cause I've seen ads for it now. They have a lav mic that works with your cell phone specifically for things like this. They're like two or 300 bucks. If they were smart, they would just start getting them into the hands of all the content creators that have, you know, millions of followers. Just give them one and get them using it so that everybody else goes out and, and gets one too. I haven't, I haven't tried one yet. I don't, I don't. I feel the same way. I feel like my phone picks up the audio perfectly fine. And then if I'm making a video to upload, I'm always utilizing my home setup anyway. So, but it's just, it's just one of those little quirky things that just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> but okay, it, it, we'll, we'll show you it before the end of the night. You'll, you'll get an idea of it and you'll probably be like me and be the old man yelling at the cloud. <laughs> uh, but the uh, it, t- it took a little while for me to get into, and, it, and it actually what really kind of, got me into it was realizing that like there's some celebrities that I was watching their stuff and I was like, oh, this is, this is funny. So that kind of kept me going with it. Otherwise I was just like, I feel weird because it's all like 16 year old girls dancing.
1: And that's what the connotation is. I guess like the assumption I, I, I had honestly also thought the same thing. So it was actually my cousin. She's um in college at this point, freshman, and she was telling me to download TikTok and I was like, I think that's for Gen Z. I don't really know. I feel like I don't really belong in the app. And she was like, no, no, they have different niches and everybody has different, you know, areas, different specialties and everything. And I had downloaded it and kind of found spiritual, metaphysical, paranormal TikTok. And I was like, wait, I kinda like this. And, you know, posting about that. So
0: I like to watch. There's there's usually somebody going live on an investigation. I don't, I don't have enough followers to go live or else I would do it. It's three minutes at max? No, so. if you're doing the live, you can go as long as you want. Well, I don't know if there is a limit, but I've seen them go over an hour. There's
1: not a limit for a live stream. So basically, you can upload a video with a maximum of three minutes. Or, but you
0: can live stream forever. Or you can forever. live stream forever, yeah. But you need to have 1,000 followers wow. to live stream. <laughs> like you, one extreme with the other. So many rules, I know. <laughs> I only have 400. So if you're listening to this, follow me at Tim Weisberg 718
1: you only need like six hundred more, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, well I'm I'm like a year in and I've got four hundred, so I don't I don't have a lot of faith we'll, I'm gonna get. We'll to have to thousand. post
1: some of the uh, footage from the Oliver House investigation, maybe that'll get some traction.
0: That's I've I've put a few videos up that have done pretty well. Um, but my first video is still the one I'm the most proud of. Even though people didn't seem to like it as much, it was of turkeys getting it on in I the street right should, in front yeah, of me. Yeah, you sent
1: me this. <laughs> just,
0: I'm I'm very proud that I caught that. That's like that's like National Geographic award-winning footage. You should submit it because it per it, it was perfect that I just happened to be. I was listening to a, to the radio and I just happened to pull up as Barry Manilow came on. Right as I pulled up on these turkeys, getting it on in the street. I mean, it couldn't have been more perfect. It's, it, and it looks like I kind of like, uh, you know, overlaid the audio like people do in the videos. And no, it happened totally naturally. <laughs> you, you know, you mentioned the Oliver Estate. And, and when we went there, it was, they had been closed for a while for the for the holidays. And so I think we were the first ones to really go back in and investigate and and the house was pretty active that night. We had some very interesting experiences.
1: Yeah, definitely started in the basement with a lot of the shadows. That was freaky. Um, loved it, obviously, but very interesting to see so many kind of at once and um, getting all of the audio as well. When we did the spirit box type session, can you correct me on how it's what the correct term is for that? Uh,
0: We were using echo vox. that.
1: Okay. So when we were doing that and they were very vocal and evidently the spirits had some secrets that they're ready to reveal.
0: There was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was kind of confusing in the moment, but it all kind of pinned back together at the end of the night and we chose to do for the last thing we did before we left we i have that 1909 ouija board yeah that I, I which by the way amanda if you're listening bring back my stuff um <laughs> so the we have we had the 1909 ouija board in the the i forget which room they call it in, in particular but it's the one where you know the room where they do the presentations for everything, where they have the TV. When people come in and they sit everybody at the tables, are you familiar with that room? It's like the one, like when I've you, been in the house, never you, went with any other. When you pull into the driveway, it's yeah. the first room in the corner on the first floor. The when one you, across was, the hall from that was where we the were. The one
2: on the was, I mean, it'll be on the forty-four
0: was, side, rear forty-four side.
2: Yeah, on the right-hand side when you walk in the door.
0: No, like if you walked in the side door and you took side a left. Door. Yeah, okay. I've, I've only walked in the side door because I've never, they've never had the front door open when I've gone there. So you walk in the side door, you take a left, and then you go into that room and then the room directly across from that Okay, toward 44. Side um, door, left. So and then, yeah, it's a really convoluted way of explaining. The if one I with just the, know. Por-
1: the portrait of Lafayette, if that helps any.
0: <laughs> so we're in there using the, the Ouija board and, and Christy actually had one of the... It was one of the sproats that came through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically... It, it had a personal message for her and it really touched her and that was pretty cool. Okay. And then it, we, it turns out everything that we were getting over the course of the night was tying back into Lafayette and the, the Ouija board was pointing us in the direction of that portrait that was in the room. So it was a very, very interesting experience. Uh, again, not hugely overt, but it was, it was this, it was almost like the mystery that we had to solve. And then the next morning they had that, Clip where the um, the security bar that goes across the basement door fell on its own, which is slid into those two metal metal brackets.
2: All right, Lapiet. Now, I went to the Lafayette House, which is on Route One. Uh, actually, not far from
0: uh, the stadium. Is, I mean, isn't there that, isn't that a restaurant? Yeah, yeah, I've driven by that many times. Uh, One of his relatives, I
2: think, had the house. It's from the 1700s. Well,
0: I'll have to stop in there sometime. I've driven Uh, by
2: so many times. uh, It has activity, at least according to people at
0: work. Yeah, yeah, ghost, ghost, ghost. How's the food? That's That's actually food's actually
2: pretty darn good.
0: (laughs) That's, but this show always turns into spooky snack coast before the end of the night. Uh, So, yeah, we have any Swedish fish.
1: (laughs) I don't, but I had mentioned to Tim too the Treehouse Tavern in, I think, Warwick, Rhode Island is reportedly haunted as well. The waitress was talking to me about that when I went there, and I was like, noted. Okay.
0: Yeah. We, I mean, there's a lot of restaurants that are just so many of them aren't willing to open up and talk about it because Some, some do. Some 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 are and some Main. Some are willing to let Could things be. happen there. Others are willing to let the stories exist but don't really want to let people poke around. I mean it's all in, in their comfort level. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean we know that there's plenty of haunted restaurants around here, but well, yeah. we just don't you know, we can't talk about some of them. Uh, we're told to keep those stories to ourselves. There's some in even in the downtown New Bedford area that I've investigated. Uh but the the, the cool thing about that night at, at the Oliver State was that we had, you know, without, uh, it's great when they do the events and they raise all the money, but like we had direct personal connections going on instead of it being, you know, the spirit speaking generally to everybody that was there. You know, they were able to talk directly to you, directly to Christy. And I think that, you know, that made for a more impactful night. Yeah,
1: definitely makes sense. And it was pretty Much like connect the spooky dots, like you had mentioned, it was like a little mystery we had to solve. So, we did the scrying in the bathroom. What was the correct term for that? Uh, well,
0: I mean, we they turned that into a psychomantium, okay?
1: Psychomantium, which is the
0: term people use for it's basically mirror scrying,
1: mirror scrying, psychomantium in the dark, in the dark. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, a little spooky. I was like, Can everybody come in the bathroom with me because this is spooky? But yeah, Tim, you had also seen Three people
0: in the bathroom together, it's perfectly normal. Yeah, it was great. Well, for women, yeah, w- <laughs> guys, no,
1: no. it's a it's a party and um you had seen a little owl almost I think you described it Mm -hmm. as when we were doing that and then when we were downstairs um in the room where we did the Ouija board there was the painting the portrait of Lafayette and there was uh one of those like family shield type things in the corner and it had that little owl point and was like that Tim pointed out as I was looking at it and he was like that looks like the, the owl thing that we saw. And I was like, I was just thinking that. So
2: you're talking a coat of arms.
1: Yes. That,
0: yeah, it was, it it was, I definitely didn't see it beforehand or if I did, I didn't register it in my mind consciously. Um, so I don't think it was a matter of just kind of reflecting back on that. And also it would be just a very weird thing to zero in on. So it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. I think we have a call on the line. Hello. You are on spooky South coast with Stephanie Forlini. Hello.
3: Hey, it's John in New Bedford. How's it going? Hey, John. I, uh, How are you? Just tracked uh, Steph's TikTok down and followed her. Um, I've I've been following you, Tim, for a while, and you don't follow me back. What on TikTok? <laughs> on TikTok, yeah. I'll find you. Uh huh. But um, yeah, I've I've been on about a year now, and uh, have about six hundred and fifty or so followers. So it takes if if you're not. Um, Young and female—it's really tough to get followers.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna have Stephanie make some videos for me before she leaves.
3: There you go. It's all but, about the um, angles. It's all <laughs> about the angles, yes. But um, Gen X TikTok is, uh, is is gaining power. So it, it used to be about Gen Z, but we've kind of moved in, and uh, we're, we're you know we're going across the plains and uh, and conquering on our on our way through.
0: So, do you find that the that there is you, you, how how do you feel about the, the the type of paranormal content that's out there on TikTok?
3: Um, I'm not on that side of TikTok. Okay,
0: <laughs> I'm on uh, I'm on Mill Talk
3: and um, and Single Moms, but um, <laughs> so, I don't want to know.
0: <laughs> um, oh, you know, you you know. Now,
3: now that I've now that I found now that I found Stephanie, I'm gonna hopefully be exposed to the uh the paranormal side
1: of tiktok i love to hear that i can definitely point out some references as well for some other great spooky creators to uh help adjust your feet if that's what you're looking for cool
0: (laughs) and i will follow you after the show i promise all right all right all right take care have a good night take care night john
1: bye
0: yeah it's uh, i i get a lot of like ones that I see that have like no name or photo or anything so I just assume that it's bots so like i I tend to not always go in like I follow you if I recognize the name and then usually even then I'm not always totally sure uh, the the other part of it is it's a place where it's almost like a confessional And people are willing to be more open about some of the things that they've had happen to them. And I think in that regard, Moniz, you would find it very interesting because, you know, obviously I'm following people who I've had on my Midnight Society show or on this show. And we talked to a lot of abductees and experiencers and you can actually like, it'll cultivate itself so that you are getting people who are reporting their interactions with craft there. You're getting people who will be posting videos uh, of evidence that they've caught of things in the sky uh, and, and Do you s- have to have the app in order to see them.
1: Um, no, and- I could send you a link for some of them for example basically if somebody will sh- send you a link of the video they want you to see then you don't necessarily have to like have it. I think it could open in your browser. you,
0: you can you can open it in a browser but you can't you can't scroll through and find other videos. Uh, by doing it that way, like you kind of have to have the link and you can go and look at that person's profile, but you, if, if you want to go through and discover different things, you have to, you have to kind of download the app. And it's, what's interesting about it in terms of the, the UFO information is that you, you could have somebody that could be completely skeptical and people go on YouTube and it's it's weird because they go on YouTube and you'll see fake, 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 fake under all the comments. But when it comes to the stuff on TikTok, people are more likely to believe it. And I I don't know why that is, because you could easily make that video on your computer the same way you make it on YouTube and then just upload it to the app. But it just seems like people are more are less less Cynical about it. I want there's still a good amount of skepticism from people, but it's Well,
2: skepticism is healthy. It, but it's
0: not to a degree. Yeah, it's it's not cynicism <laughs> is not right. Like, like on YouTube, you put up a video, you'll get people that will report you for putting up a a, a, U, a UFO video that they feel is fake. Yeah. But on TikTok, people just kind of you know they'll just make a comment and move on. I don't know why that is.
1: I still definitely get flagged on some videos that people just wholeheartedly disagree with for, you know, their cognitive dissonance or whatever it may be. But um you're correct in that. I feel that there are a lot of people that do feel more open in a confessional sense, as you mentioned. But I feel like for me, I feel very comfortable posting about these things. And I definitely get, you know, a decent amount of skepticism, cynicism, all of these things. But the people that also are reaching it that you know have an open mind they believe it or they've experienced it themselves they're very excited and you know grateful that I'm sharing this as well that it's almost creating a little safe space to talk about these things because in person I don't necessarily have these people to talk about any of this with I didn't know that there were so many people in the in the paranormal world at all because I wasn't you know exposed to it in person
0: well, I'll, I'll say this, what you've
2: had paranormal experiences in your life. Oh,
1: yes. But everybody wrote them off a
2: hundred percent. Did you? That's no. the important one.
1: Definitely not. I in never forgot
0: them.
2: <laughs> Good girl.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I mean, I'll say this. I I think we're friends, right? I, I would us say friends. we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I'll, I'll see your videos and I'll always throw them a like. I don't always agree with everything that you're talking about, or it might not, it might not match up with my experience in my journey, but I still listen and I still take that away. And I think that that's one of the great things about this is people like to share and like to interact and and, and engage with what they really care about. And the things that they don't, like the things they don't agree with, they just ignore it. They don't really fight as much. Now all the fighting is moved over to like Instagram where there's a lot of negative comments every day. But I find that at least what I see on the TikTok videos is that people just, if it's not for them, they just move on and they find something else. I think kind of the nature of the way that the app works helps with that. But I also think it's like less likely that you're going to spend all day going back and forth, engaging in a battle with somebody. I say that knowing that you probably have had days like that. I was
1: going to say, so I I am going to have to disagree with you there because I have had my fair share of very rude comments for no reason, Um, just with people that just don't agree with what I'm saying, which is completely fine. As you mentioned, it's not for social
2: media. Right. That's what the the, and that's one of the reasons why I pretty much left it. I'm done done arguing with idiots. Right.
1: Yeah. I've come to the point where I'm just going to like it doesn't even help to engage with that. You know what I mean? If it just doesn't resonate, then that's fine. You're just not where. I'm on this frequency and you're on a different one and that's completely fine. And that's something that I do appreciate with the people that do resonate with the, you know, content that I'm posting and they say very nice things or they're like, wow, thank you for sharing some kind of, I don't know, open-minded response rather than, oh, that's, that's so fake or something.
0: Well,
2: you're talking about people on different frequencies. Unfortunately, the loudest people are completely unplugged.
1: (laughs) You're so right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm not right.
0: No, you're
1: very right. Well, I mean, so, we've
0: we've we've had that conversation, like you and I, where it's stop worrying about the people that don't want to be on board because, yeah. like, you can't force it down their throat. It was a hard lesson for me yeah, to learn. Yeah, but why are they
2: seeking you out? I mean, if you don't like it and you don't believe it, well, then and go,
0: then leave it alone.
2: Go live I your th- life. I go, think you
0: know. But I think that there is more of a of an issue with it. If you generally agree and like the stuff that the person is putting out otherwise, I think that makes you more adamant about the things that you don't like. So if you're invested in Stephanie's account and you're invested in the kind of things that she's talking about and then she brings up one thing that you don't agree with, well, all of a sudden, you know, that's a personal affront to the time and, and the energy that you've invested into following her. And I know it's not right. I'm just explaining that this is the way that things work today where, you know, it, 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 it we let every little tiny thing become... The whole of our identity and so if you let's just say i'll I'll throw an example where you know you like to follow her account you like all of the great information that she gives you she comes on there one day and she says all ghosts are demons and you say well that's ridiculous i don't believe in that so now you're going to wholesale uh you know be offended by everything else that she has said now you're going to reevaluate that instead of just saying there's one aspect of this that i don't agree with and and unfortunately that's how most social media discussions and even real life discussions go these days is that we, we have an identity assigned to ourselves based on the information that we're putting out there. Are you, is your phone going off? Unfortunately, you're in, a, yes. you're in a, don't you know how to mute it? You're in a radio studio as I have to pull a hair out of my mouth. So <laughs> who am I to talk? But the, but that's kind of the way that it goes is that, you know, the, there's, there's too much where the, the most recent thing you said is everything about you. And it's it's unfortunate, but that's that's the way that it goes.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a catch-22 with the social media. I absolutely agree with you on that. And I do have to say, though, I very much appreciate the reach that it's been able to give creators such as myself to be able to discuss these topics with people that wouldn't otherwise even look at, you know at a glance at all so I think it's really interesting that it's been able to open so many more eyes and bring new people into this arena for you know better or worse you can kind of see as Tim had mentioned it's heavily kind of weighed on if she says one thing that I don't agree with you know it's it's over or something like that which I think is silly in the sense where we all have different perspectives of everything and we're all trying to make sense of our own journey and understand what's going on as well so it definitely can be a hard catch 22 i've
0: i've had experience where uh, you know again i don't want to really promote the other show here that's not what this show is for but in booking that, Michelle always finds these guests that are talking about you know metaphysical topics and spiritual topics and 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 new age topics, things that I wouldn't normally seek out myself. Stuff that we haven't normally covered here on Spooky South Coast because you know we're the ones booking the show, and it's just not something that was part of my wheelhouse. And so I felt like there's not going to be an audience for that. Like if we start doing those shows, the people who listen to this are going to drop off and they're going to say, that's not what I come Mm -hmm. to the show to hear. But as I've realized is that there, there is a larger audience for that. And it's because they're being exposed to those topics as opposed to before what would have been way out there. Woo woo stuff. Now it is something that they're seeing more frequently. And so they're, they're at least aware enough of it to want to listen more. It doesn't mean they're necessarily on board, but they're willing to engage with the topic a little bit more. To give
2: you a good example, UFOs. When we first started 16 years ago, that was still one of those woo-woo topics. Now, where are we? The government says, yeah, they're real. They're here. We observed them. We record them. We've even shot at them. So, yeah. It, now, now we know that, okay, this stuff is legit. Now, with the stamp from... Government approval.
0: It might turn into, it might turn into too that the more that people hear about it, it's just naturally becoming, it, not even accepted, but just mundane. Yeah. That it might just get to the point where it's like, oh. Everybody went ho-hum. Another UFO video. <laughs> we get it already, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, another video of somebody walking up and talking to a ghost. I've seen this happen so many times. Let's go back to the phones. 508 996 0500. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast with Stephanie Forlini. Hello.
4: What's shaking, player? It's Lamone. On, Hello. Hey. hey, Matt. What's up, player? What, what up, player
0: boy?
1: Hi.
4: Hi. That's Stephanie. Nice talking to you, young lady. I have a question. Oh, did you hear what happened on, the, on Tuesday? Uh, about the amazing Jonathan.
0: Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, unfortunately, that was very sad. Yeah, he's he's really cool, too. See, that's,
4: I was going to take you to go see him when the she guys would come. That would have been one place I would have taken to go meet him. We went to his house and had some fun. But no, you've wanted to take so long. You know what?
0: I met the amazing Jonathan before. What,
4: the, what did you think about him?
0: I thought that he was crazy and I loved him. Uh, my dad was on a game show. That the amazing Jonathan hosted way back in the '90s, early '90s, called Ruckus. That sounds real familiar.
4: Wasn't that on, is that now on the game show network game
0: show? Oh, I hope network. so. My my dad's never seen it because it didn't air in Boston. So it'd be great. It'd be really great if we could uh, if we could he find a copy here. of it.
4: Didn't he come here to be on the show? Was that where he was here in Vegas? I know they were doing something. No, like no, here the, in no, in the California. When
0: when when that show was filmed, it was filmed at Merv Griffin's Resorts in Atlantic City.
4: Oh man, Merv. Yeah, that's crazy. That's well, that's well, that's a good thing. So it's been a while since I've been in New Jersey. Last time I went there, I was to go see uh, I was on the Richard Bay Show. Do you, you remember the Richard <laughs> Bay Show? Yeah, that
0: was a while ago too.
4: Yeah, yeah so that's how, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I was that was back in the day though. So, I wow, was on what channel? Yeah. Channel
0: nine, WGN.
4: In the
0: morning. No, time no,
4: W W O R. Yeah, W W R of New York, yeah, I and mean, he had his own show, the Richard Bay Show. I was on there. Did you did you watch that show? The phrase that pays.
0: Yeah, were you on it as a guest or you just in the crowd? Yeah, as a guest. What, what was the topic of the show? Uh, I, I had sex with the
4: ghost. <laughs> <laughs> not me personally. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've had, I had my share of spooks, but I'm not that kind of spook. okay? For shizzle. No, no, not me. I was, I was talking about something else. I had some pictures I brought on to the show, and I'm talking about the ghost that's in the studio that's in there. Out there, and there's like nobody knew about it. So they, some knew about it, but no one talked about it. And I, he said, How did you know that? I said, I saw him it was in the background, it was backstage, so was walking around. And so, and I said, I guess it's an employee that was working here. He said, it looks like he was, work, he was work, working with electro, electronics and stuff, electricity, things. He was an electrician, doing like that. That's what I was.
0: So, so, so Lamoni, are, are you a medium? Um, well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm I thought he was a large. I'm <laughs> the black
4: right now. Darn during, during that Christmas dinner <laughs> still sitting on me cursive. Oh so, yeah, but no, I'm I've done a bit of mediumship but I've I'm more of a cl- clear clairvoyant and I also I hear I hear and I see things. Like for instance, like I might meet somebody, don't even know them, and I might see something around them and I and I have to speak on that. I remember my uh, baby daughter's mother she would get very, very upset. Because I would tell people things, and they'd look at her like I'm oh, crazy. You know, most black people aren't into that. You so that was back in the days. Most right. black people aren't into spooky stuff like that, unless they're doing voodoo. I don't do, do voodoo. I don't do, do voodoo. So, like I said, but I know enough voodoo.
0: So how know, how do you do? How come you That's don't? Right. How come you don't have a TikTok, Lamone?
4: It's against my religion. because <laughs> <It's> of <laughs> that three minute limit. You
0: could never get yeah. it all. In.
4: Exactly That's Since being Mormon, you know, gotta have more time. As being Mormon. I'm not real. I'm more man than most, but I'm not a Mormon. Like even though I live close to Utah, that's <laughs> a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I can see some tales, but I wouldn't want to scare your little, your little guests up. She's like,
1: oh. My old roommate oh. used to be Mormon.
0: Oh, congratulations! Wait, for wait did Your roommate, used used your roommate be. stop being Mormon or stop being your roommate. She
1: stopped. Well, both. She stopped <laughs> being Mormon. Um, is what I was referring to. No.
4: Oh. So was she a black Mormon? That's what they call them, black Mormons or or Jack Mormons, where they're they're like they say they're Mormon, but they don't. They still smoke and and drink coffee and stuff like that. And,
1: no. And do all. No. Her family was very strictly Mormon. She removed herself at like 16, I think it was. So she, was but she, did, did she, she keep the underwear?
4: Sorry, what did was, she say? Did she run away or was, it, was it for schooling This she got away from them?
1: She um, removed herself, like, through a lawyer and everything. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, Yeah. Emancipation. It was, it was, well, not from her family, just from the church. Oh.
4: Yeah. Did she, did, she get, did she still talk to her family? Yeah. That's cool. I could tell you some tales about uh, oh I might share this I don't th- oh, I'm sure this is something really deep okay I know this young lady uh, known for, as 20 plus years and her family are our, our, our original come, came out with uh, Joseph Smith and stuff like that the original ones though, no, Joseph Smith died on the way out here but but she was, he was they were uh, one of the original families and so when they came to went to Utah they went to a place that this is it. this place I think this is it, or this is the place something like that but that place right there is mm. very very got a lot of haunted stuff there well anyway so she so she she told me i said i don't have to tell, I'm not gonna tell her name but she said that she actually saw her mother after she had given birth to take a baby and sacrifice it and mm. you know uh. she's she, and she was supposed to be she was supposed to be a breeder so she left they so she left and when came to las vegas you know like all that horrible thing you know like oh come to vegas you know sin city you know, but that's that's like me. I'm constipated here. Oh my goodness! But yeah, <laughs> so it's coming out. It comes out the top. So all right. All right. Well, is. we're. going so oh, so I was like was a, say, we only got about was, a minute here, Lamone. So. Oh, of course. You know, it costs me five bucks each time I'm blocked by phone number just to call you guys. <laughs> the For, it does. I ain't bullshit. It might cost more. So. Uh, so to be well, no, no,
0: no. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta let you go there. Sorry, you let one slip. Sorry, Lamone. All right. Well. I mean, that's, that's Lamone. Uh, and that's why he could never be on TikTok because, as I said, he could never fit it all into three minutes. But he has said before that he wants to have his own show. And uh, I, I I think he could do an entire two-hour show in about 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So
1: YouTube, maybe.
2: Well, do, given uh, Lamone's propensity, we'll call it per colorful language, is there restrictions
1: I feel like it's a very touchy thing. I've definitely used a slight amount of colorful language in some of my videos. It depends, you know, some of it excitement, but it depends in the context, I guess, that it's used.
0: It's a valid question. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it totally. I mean, if you, especially if you watch some of the comedy videos, you know, they're full of profanities. It, it's, it's, it
1: depends on the way that it's used.
0: It's totally. It's totally fine. Uh, uh, if if you if that's what you're looking to do, is that what you're asking? Because you just want to. You just want to swear a whole bunch and make a video. Well, <laughs> no, I mean get it all out of your system. Well, you're talking a
2: lot of these things that you're interested in, confessional videos. And in confessional videos, a lot of times that's dealing with strong emotions. Strong emotions are usually bring out It can bring out some very colorful you know, language. Yes,
1: that's
0: that's fine. I find so many of them are just they seem like they're working off a script. Yeah. you know so it's not you're not getting that emotion i mean may, maybe they have it when they're putting it all together but by the time they're making the video they they've already planned out what they're going to say and so they they seem very produced which is fine okay. I, mean, I mean i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not knocking that but it's just it's very much Again, I haven't seen any of this, so I can't make a judgment we'll because I, some, I, I we'll show you some during the break.
1: Okay. Yeah. There's just there's different ways of doing it as you mentioned, Tim. To some can definitely be very produced almost, or that's why I don't really make scripts. I make kind of like talking points for my videos of things I wanna cover, but I kinda let it flow very naturally so people can feel my authentic energy and, you know, perception and storytelling I guess of if, if it's an account that I'm bringing up so
2: are you copyright restricted on things I know YouTube does that
0: no, I think TikTok would crash forever if they had copyright restrictions because so much of it is just you know challenges based off of things but they do they give you a large library that you can work with of stuff as opposed to like a YouTube where you have to use like YouTube music if you if you don't want to get flagged delusion monetization with TikTok there's you know, there's there's a lot of so like for example, when I was making videos of the trip to Amityville and putting those on TikTok, I was able to like get the original soundtrack score from the Amityville horror and just put that in my videos.
2: Well, you're you're talking about a lot of these challenges, talking about what sounds like people dancing. You need music generally yep, to and, dance. And so they,
0: they're working off the same off the same uh songs. So there's, there's the song, uh, I don't even know what the song is, but it's it's like a, a, a redo of the song Walking in the Sand with the oh no, oh no. Like that's oh, yeah. in every freaking video now. And I saw a local news media outlet post a video of a of a, of a rollover crash with that music in it. And oh I'm my like, God. come on now.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, so they use definitely different um, audio like clips from, say, if I were to post a video and it was just me talking, somebody else could go to my video and click that audio and use my audio on top of their video. Or there's a whole bunch of different soundtracks and songs, like clips from songs as well that you can use for your video. And some of them do get flagged and removed, like for copyright infringement yeah, type things. Yeah, that's what I was Some after. of them do, but I don't know what... The regulation is for that. I know that you can use them. And then if you go back, sometimes they'll be removed. It, the sound will be removed yeah, from your must, video. It
0: must be something people put in as like a voiceover option to add that music in, right?
1: Um,
0: like they must have somehow added it, that in.
2: It's three minutes. Your average radio song, two minute 37 seconds for radio play.
0: Yeah, but it's minutes. not like that. There's there's like no whole songs. That's
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. Somebody could put together a video... And make their own quote-unquote music video to them I've, doing a workout, you know, or some stupid little tricks yeah. to, to music. Yeah. That's what it seems like this I've, I've, app we'll would just, be most aptly
0: aimed at. We're, we're just, we have to show it to them during the break.
1: I definitely, yeah, just it'll make more sense. It's the only
0: way, and, and, and people who are listening uh, on, the, on the radio and have never heard it before, you know, you can go and check it out during the break as well. Uh, but we are going to be taking The other three right listeners? What, that, uh, that, don't, that know, don't know what TikTok, TikTok is? I think there's probably a lot of people that don't. I think there's, I mean, there's people like myself that use it and still don't understand it. You know, I think there's people that put it on their phone. Uh, and I've seen some people locally because you can kind of follow some local hashtags that are really like popular, hugely popular content creators. Uh, uh, what's his name? Zachariah. I forget his, his uh, TikTok handle, but he's from Dartmouth. Uh, Michaela makeup, you know, the, the Michaela makeup girl. Have you ever seen her? Mm -hmm. She's hugely popular. She's got millions of followers. She used to be the intern here. She was my digital intern. That's cool. Um, and so, yeah, so there's, there's talking the one that we used to have. No, that's a different intern. That was, uh, that was my intern that could only work Saturday night. So she came in and did that Uh show. Michaela worked during the week. Uh, and then, you know, she always said all she wanted to do for a living was, You know, she hoped to be able to work in the field of makeup because it was what she studied and what she was passionate about. And, you know, she was just hoping to get a a job at what's that makeup place that everybody goes to. Like Sephora. Yeah. She was just like, maybe I can get a job there someday. And then during the pandemic, she made a video and it went hugely viral. And now she is a makeup influencer. I love that. So, and she's got millions of followers. She's always going off on these trips and getting these endorsements. And she has her own makeup line now. Oh my
1: God. That's so cool. Yeah.
0: It's, it's amazing. And. It's all just because one video took off. Yeah. So uh, we will take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll take more of your calls, 508-996-0500. We're also going to get into, because I wanted to bring Stephanie in so she could talk to Moniz, because we we were discussing UFOs and aliens. We've talked about that quite a bit, and I told her that you are somebody who has researched that for a number of years but also experienced it for yourself, and so we'll we'll get into some of that as well. Uh, Anything... <laughs> Anything, you know, that the microphone picks you up even when you're right? talking.
1: <laughs> I was saying uh, I'm very excited.
0: So uh, we will talk about all of that and more. And if you have any questions, you want to shoot us, and you don't want to call in, you can do so. Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast You can also find us on Twitter at Spooky Use the hashtag Spooky Live. Uh, we don't have a Spooky South Coast TikTok, well, mainly because I couldn't figure out how to switch from one TikTok account to another. I'll show uh, you on the break. Right, now I know how. But, okay, uh, never mind. But when <laughs> I when I first started mine, I had no idea how to do that. So uh, we we. We didn't start one yet, but maybe it's time that we actually do. So, again, we will take a break. When we come back, you can get involved 508 996 0500. That is the number to call in and chime in, or you can email us Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Back with more in just a few moments here on WBSM. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Burke. She is out tonight, but we have our guest in studio, Stephanie Forlini, who is with us. And uh, just really quickly, I just want to mention something. Uh, Ross was going to call in, but he says, you know, his, his voice is not 100% tonight. Uh, but he did want us to let everybody know that he'll be playing with his group Branch Davidian coming up March 19th at Rasputin's over here in Fairhaven. Mm. So you can find out more about that online, but... I think. Uh, have you gone out and seen Branch Davidian? It's 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 no. as, as Ross always points out. It's not my kind of music, but I still wear the shirt anyway that he gave us. <laughs> well,
2: David Koresh has a connection to New Bedford, right?
0: He he was here before he went out to uh, to Waco, correct? And uh, we had a caller that called in one time and talked about how he gave him a ride to the NHD hardware store, and uh, as he was giving him. You know, because so uh, you're familiar with David Koresh. You know, so he was the cult leader of the Branch Davidian uh, cult. Yeah. Uh, some would say religious community, but they were a cult, and they there was a siege at their compound in Waco, and everybody died. They 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 set the building on fire. Everybody died.
2: Uh, it was well, a wow. The, that the it, building caught on fire. Let's, it us put it that way.
0: Well, they killed themselves um, rather than getting taken. But so before they went out to Waco, David Koresh was here in new Bedford and he was known as a, like people knew him as a guy that was always helping out. He was down at the church. He was always volunteering down there. And, uh, he had a bus, he bought a bus, the bus that they drove out there and he wanted to paint it before they left. And this is what, this is the story that the caller told the caller said he gave him a ride and they went to the NHD hardware store. And on the way, uh, the caller was a big Neil Young fan and he put in the song and whatever the song was, it mentioned a color that sparked Koresh that the minute he walked into the NHD hardware store, there was all the paint that was on clearance right by the door. And it was the color that was referenced in the sign. And he said, well, this is a sign. So he grabbed the paint and painted the bus and then drove out to Waco and we know what happened after that. So
2: I met him in the, um, the old new Bedford book and the school. Yeah, uh, there was a little restaurant-type thing
0: down there. and uh, Still is. Oh. There's a new one. Yeah, the new one has one. No,
2: I'm talking the old boat. Yeah, but right I'm saying, kind of like,
0: they still have a school restaurant.
2: Right. and um, The food is fantastic. The office that my uh, parents had were, was right near there, and I used to go down and grab lunch, and he was there for a couple of weeks doing something in there. And uh he was talking about his his ministry, as he put it, and stuff like that. Very weird guy. No. Yeah, well. And I'm one to talk. I was saying so are you.
0: So <laughs> although you've also, you know, you've never started a cult either that I'm aware of. No. That's only that's only because he's not convincing enough. He's like not yet. It's not for lack of trying. Um speaking of <laughs> speaking, <laughs> No, that and
2: I don't like people.
0: That's true too. <laughs> and be a cult of one. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, things of New Bedford's past, uh, I do have an article up at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app about the New Bedford Armory. Mm. Now, this is a property that has been talked about on this show a number of times over the years. It was featured on the first season of Ghost Hunters. It's one of the most famous cases that they had in those early days because as they were walking around the second floor of the of the New Bedford Armory, the sound guy, whose name I believe was Frank DeAngelis, was uh, walking down behind the investigators, and his sound equipment came up and hit him in the face. Yep. You know, the heavy equipment that was kind of like a messenger bag hanging off his side popped up and hit him in the face. That thing's about 10 pounds. And he immediately quit the show and never (laughs) went back to it. Uh, So that was one of the, the original, like, real big kind of WTF moments for Ghost Hunters in season one. Well, that building has been... It's had an interesting history over the last, Mm. so that was 2004. So over the last you know, 18 years, it's had a very interesting history of stops and starts for trying to get it sold. There's been people who've been interested in buying it and turning it into condos. There's been auctions to try and auction it off. Well, now there's a new plan in place and it was approved by, well, the the city council on Thursday, they referred it to the uh, committee on properties because what they're doing is they're buying it. The city of New Bedford is buying the uh, New Bedford Armory from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Moniz, guess how much they're paying for the A armory? A dollar. We're close. Ten bucks.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah. Usually when things go like that, that's what the whole thing is. But
0: the best part about that is the Commonwealth is paying $3.3 million to redo the roof to be able to, to further up the structure. So to make sure that it doesn't get any more like weather damage Thanks. or anything.
2: Well, the building itself is very solidly built. Not the roof, unfortunately. No. That's but gone. I'm talking the walls.
0: Yep, and but the second floor has collapsed. But you know, that's you don't need the second floor for whoever's going to go in and do and do the developing. It's just you just need to get the roof replaced. So they're going to pay the 3.3 million dollars for that, and sell it to the city for 10 bucks. Then the city can fer- do further work on the inside of it. And, and a caller called in yesterday with a great idea of having some of the New Bedford vocational students, greater New Bedford voc- yeah. Tech students doing uh, doing the work. And then the city can then flip the property and get it back on the tax roll. So instead of just sitting there, you know, they can be the ones to sell it to a developer they can be the ones to turn it into something themselves if they want some to. Some sort
2: of commercial property.
0: It'll be. They could decide to keep it as a municipal property if they want. True. But it's uh, it's all up to them and what they want to do and where it goes. So it's uh, it's good to see that that building will have some continued life. I did. Uh, I had City Council President Ian Abrew on my show yesterday morning. I have him on every Friday, and when he was telling me about this plan, I immediately volunteered to actually, out uh, of the goodness of my heart, buy the armory. For the city. I said, I will give you the $10 mm-hmm. to buy the armory. All I want in return is the ability to go in there and investigate it before you do what you're going to do with it. So
2: I would like to go in there when they start doing the rehab. That's th- when activity will would really start to...
0: I, I think that based on our previous experience trying to get the city to let us into certain <laughs> properties, it's probably yeah. not going to happen. We used to have access to a place here in the city, and... Uh, we did, place. we did like four or five events at this place, raised a lot of money for the, for the museum down there. And then we went to put on one more event and <coughs> we were called before the park board and the park board said, not only can you not do this event, why the hell haven't you come down and talk to us about any of the other events that you've done? And I was like, well, because the museum said so they took care of it. So I got like reamed out in this meeting and... Uh, <laughs> You're like go fish. That was that, and then they, they even said they said the city solicitor is sitting right over there. If the city solicitor says it's okay. We'll let you do it. City solicitor, can they do the go sign? No. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. You're done. Okay, thanks. So, yeah. It's a it's it's a problem because there are some cool properties that the city does own that could be places that could be investigated and raise some, some money and bring in yeah. some tourism, but uh, they seem to be against it. And it's for safety reasons. It's not it's not because they're against the paranormal or anything like that. It's just because they're worried about liabilities.
1: A likely story.
0: That's what they yeah, that's well, what they tell us. A couple
2: of the places no they have a legitimate case.
1: That's fair. <laughs>
0: So let's, um, let's get into some other topics here. And, of course, if you want to call in with anything that you would like to bring up, 508-996-0500. But, I mean, during the break, besides, I
2: got to see some besides getting to see some TikTok <laughs> and having
0: a little bit better understanding of what it is, uh, I um, the reason that I wanted to bring you two together, and I had mentioned this to Stephanie before, is because I knew that you would have a lot of interesting things to share on the topic of extraterrestrials, UFOs, and... All right, what that away. all means? What do you want to know?
1: Um,
0: Maybe I thought you would want to know things from her. I, you make that I, assumption. Whatever. Well, while just, we're at
2: the break, she was. Let,
1: okay. Let ask well, I, um, said, so. I am an open book. I don't know what is you know kosher to ask or anything like ask that. Ask whatever you want. Um, I hear that you had an abduction experience.
2: A little bit more than one, but okay. yeah, okay.
1: I didn't know. Um, I, now you do. I'd love to hear any any information about that.
2: How far back do you want to go? you want to start at the beginning? Yeah. Uh, roughly 1970, uh, Sagamore, Massachusetts, Adams Street, right outside the base gates of uh, Otis Air Force Base, 1st. First memory of one of those events, sitting in my room, playing with my little matchbox or Hot Wheels, you know, small die-cast metal cars (laughs) on my bed, uh, rolling them up and down on on the sheets, and uh, weird turquoise, uh, greenish-blue light coming into the bedroom window, at which point... The room started getting a weird negative air pressure. So much so that the closet door, you know, popped and creaked. You know, I felt my ears, you know, changing from pressure. And as light got a little brighter, you know, here's a four-year-old kid going, oh, crap. Right. (laughs) And what does a four-year-old kid do in that situation? Hide under the blankets. Light got bright heard something rustling around in my room felt a pair of feet walking up on either side of my body at which point hand went over the sheet and uh my whole body locked out stiff i was completely immobilized tried to scream and all i could get out was uh! then pulled the sheet down off my face and i am this far away from what is commonly called a gray staring face to face, which was the last conscious memory I had until the following morning. Wow. Then series of events all throughout the rest of my life, all the way up to current day. Huh. I, I have some other whole bunch of like weird things that have happened, like met all kinds of people uh, in experiences, that's how I met my first wife, believe it or not. Uh, Picked up, teenager, brought into a room, for lack of a better term. Uh, This young girl was brought in from the other side. We stood in the middle of this room and had a conversation talking about typical, what would be teenage things, you know, music, school, movies, this or that. And then the door opened on the other side. They collected her. door opened on the other side for me. They collected me and brought back to our, where, wherever they took us from at, at that particular time. Fast forward about 10 years later, maybe seven or eight, at a UFO lecture given by Stanton Friedman... On an April Fool's Day at uh, junior college, I was going to keep, uh, um, BCC in a planetarium, no less. Door opens on the other side. Who walks in? Her. I'm like, oh my god! Did she her. recognize and you too? And she did the same thing. Wow. We immediately gravitated. Hey, that was you. Yeah, yeah, Holy shit, that's crazy. Then we started dating, then got married, and then wound up divorce for human reasons. But uh, and met other people, in uh, particular, Starborn twins. Another case where I was taken. Uh, In this particular case, they were transporting me and them to another location. We basically hopped, for lack of a better term, a shuttle ride, internal, like, best way to describe it would be like a uh, subway type of tram. We were sitting in the seats. They brought us to another location and then, like, I, I, I guess like a station or whatever in between. We were in a large complex. We weren't on board a ship. It was a ship. It was pretty big. And um, sat in another room, and I had a conversation with them. You know, they're twins, and we're both all trying to figure out what's going on. They get collected up and brought into another room area, and I was sent off to another room. Fast forward about, you know, five years later, I'm working as a sound guy at a biker bar, and this band is playing, and in come the two twins because their brother is playing in the band, and here's the real kick in the the cookies. The song was an original song written by their brother, who actually is not an abductee. The song was called My UFOs Up on Blocks. (laughs) Yeah, so, oh, wow. they, come, they, they come walking around the corner and look at me, and it's like, whoo, deja vu all over oh my again.
1: God.
2: So, and I,
1: did they consciously remember? Oh, as well? yeah,
2: they came right over, the side of my left. Hey, wow. how are you doing? You know, so here I go again. It's like,
0: yeah, they're not shy people.
2: No, not, the, you know. the twins aren't definitely shy, mm-hmm. but I've had other girlfriends over the years see me be taken. And seeing me be returned. They uh, must
1: have like absolutely lost it. Like, oh,
2: yeah. I've lost so many relationships because of that. I, I You know, I understand. The one, one happened when I was being returned. They accidentally woke her up and I was being floated, you know, a foot and a half above the bed. And she rolled over and saw me in the air and then saw one of these little freaks on the other side of me. She screams, jumps up on the bed, you know, dancing in place. They freak out. I'm still immobilized in the air. Next thing I know, I'm dropping to the bed face first, not able to move, going, oh, oh, this is going to hurt. So I hit the bed and wound up bouncing off the bed onto the floor as these little beings are bumping into each other. Trying to figure out what to do and get out of the room. She's standing on the bed, jumping up and down, screaming. And I'm laying on the floor, going, Ow, ow, that hurt, that hurt.
1: Oh, wow. So they
2: go right through the wall. And, you know, she comes over to the edge of the bed. What the heck was that? And uh, at that point, I was able to slowly crawl back up on the bed. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you I'm an abductee. you what, and at that point, at the way the bed was spaced, the windows about 12 14 feet up off, off the ground. One of the little things peeks around the corner again, and start. I had to peel her off the ceiling, oh my you know. God. Two weeks later, she was gone.
1: Yeah, that's that's sounds fitting for you know, I, I can't imagine the like.
2: Oh, that's <clears throat> nothing. I've had oh. to have my ex wife, my second ex wife. But anyway, um, they, February, um, stark naked, banging on the door to be let back in because it's all dead bolted, and, and they. I don't play well with them. If that makes sense.
1: I was gonna ask, like, do you know why? Oh yeah, you, like, what what is their purpose of doing this?
2: Because you know, I'll. I'll I'm not like all of the other. Well, there, there are others like me, but for the most part, they'll, you know, the the Joni Mitchell rainbow farting unicorn stories of oh my God. no, uh, with me it's you know, let's let's dart the tiger do what we need to do before it wakes up, type of thing. Because I, I I'm a bull in a china shop type of thing yeah. because I don't like being taken against my will
1: right no makes sense yeah
2: so I I have a tendency to run amok I've gotten quote-unquote loose on a couple occasions as both the twins will verify my ex will verify and things like that in the course of our experiences and there was a Saturday night live skit that I absolutely fell on the floor laughing and it's about an alien support group, and they're all talking. Oh, no, And there's this one character that has gone through all kinds of crap, and we all got to watch it as a group. And there, everybody's pointing at me. That is like, and I saw. It's like they have no idea how close to the truth that actually
1: is. Or do they?
2: Or do they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. The television series uh, oh, Something Earth uh, It's about abductions and aliens um,
0: I'm not familiar uh,
2: Anyway, they, they borrowed it from our support group that we did wow. They they made TV series out
0: of wow. it Wow And it's I know that the group has helped a lot of people uh, Oh yeah. And I know that you have, you know, even aside from the group, you know, you've done regression therapy with people for a long time. Yeah. You were do it with,
2: but with Hopkins. Bud
0: Hopkins and the intruders yeah. foundation. And, uh, so you've, how can I put this kind of fairly?
2: But it any way you, you want, I'm used to it. Well,
0: yeah. no, but you've been doing it from the time before it became a trope.
2: Yes. So long before,
0: uh, you know, I think it was it was communion that kind of really made it into a... Communion brought it into... Well, actually, the movie Interrupted Journey
2: with James Earl Jones, where it was originally talking about Betty Hill.
0: But I don't know if that had the same kind of cultural impact. I mean, that was a TV movie that aired one time. Yeah. And I'm sure they repeated it a few times, but you know how it went with those TV movies. Yeah. yeah. Like some of them had a real impact. Like what's it? The, the, the morning after or whatever the one about the, so like, obviously like people remembered that, but, um, I think it was more because communion was a theatrical release and people then got it on videotape and the book was everywhere and the book cover was everywhere. I think that that kind of infiltrated into people's minds And then it just kind of went from there. But before that, there was no real kind of, no standard trope for it. You know, like what you're describing, and I know that it goes back before all of that, but what you're describing is like the way that somebody now, if you said to them, uh, what would you expect to have happen if you got abducted by aliens? Like it's the same kind of process. At the time people were telling you these stories originally, there was no point of reference to yeah, them to, there to, was be telling, no reference to be retelling the story that way.
2: Correct. The, and what I find interesting is I'm only telling you little salient points from very specific times. Uh, there's been other times where it's the best way i describe it is unexpected dentist appointments where nothing crazy has happened other than they come, they do their thing, you sit in a chair for... You know, like you do at a dentist thing and it's drill and fill and gone and you're back. Boring, but it happened. And then there are other times where they come in there's All kinds of plans and things and going here, there, moving along and, you know, interactions and inquisitions, you know. That was another thing that I found interesting. Everybody thinks they're so smart. Then why the hell are they asking me all these questions? Um, how uh, you you understand what I you know? It's like why this? How how come that? And you know they just want
0: to see if you know
2: that uh, they could. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't know because usually the conversation is one way. At least for me, uh, I, I get either asked a question to get an answer, or I'm told to do something. You know, uh, I have yet to get a straight answer or any type of real answer from them. And the only thing that they ever said to me that blew my mind and when I finally had to accept, holy crap, this is legit, is when when it would happen back in the day, I kept saying, before I accepted this, you are not real. I don't believe you are real. I don't believe you are real. This isn't real. This isn't happening. You know the typical denial, and I, I still get frozen with with the response because one turned back at me, looked at me quizzically, and and basically spoke to me in mind speak or how what, but the impression that what was b- relayed to me was a quizzical, it doesn't matter if you believe we are real. We believe you are real. Huh? How, 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 how do you, uh, at that point I was like, now what?
1: <laughs> I feel like that's something I would never forget for the rest of my entire life. I like won't. Yeah, no. I just, so that's, I guess, part of my question, too. Like, what is their purpose of doing this? Like, because it seems almost like they're like little purpose. lab rats or something. Like, they,
2: okay, they have a purpose. I think it is something genetically related.
1: I've heard this as well.
2: Okay. Now, I, I can say this because I know that they've taken genetic material for me and not other people and my day job other than doing analytical chemistry I'm currently working in molecular biology and genetic engineering of things Mm. so I understand the purpose of taking samples and doing things with them to what end I can't answer but I definitely know that it is definitely something related to biology biochemistry and genetics Mm. um they tell things to other people, but I, I found through my research over the years, people that have these experiences also have their experiences colored by the rose-colored glasses they wear in life. Yeah. So in other words, the people that are taken that are highly religious, they see them as angels helping them, you know, on behalf of God coming to do this or demons. I was going
1: to say, here hear yeah, demons all like the time, said, yeah.
2: You know, one or the other. Right. And other people that are spiritual see them as ascended masters, and they're doing this and that. And You know, I'm cold, clinical, you know, scientific, and I'm looking to get, you know... Answers? Answers, and I, they tried to play me with all of these other, you know, screen things that they get the other people to go along with. They finally basically just gave up on me and just like come here lab rat here do this do that toss you back you you're not playing right we're not going to play with you here here's how we're going to handle you right and occasionally the lab rat gets out and runs amok
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I've caused damage
1: I'm glad to hear it honestly like that seems like are there do you encounter people that don't necessarily recall their entire experience at all
2: yes yes like I said I've met other people right. in these experiences. And I've tried to wake, quote unquote, wake them up in the experience. Hey, you're here. Do you know what's happening? Wow. And a lot of them will will spew out the mind scramble that's been put in their head. And wow. I'm trying to get them out of that. You're here. These are, these, these are you know, they ain't your friends. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily enemies, but you know what what you're seeing and what you're getting from them isn't necessary. You know, at least to me, to them it's as real as whatever they're they're absorbing. Right. But you know, That's for it. me, it's just okay. I recognize what's going on here from a scientific standpoint. I uh, this. Juncture, I am a that brat.
1: Right. Has it always been the greys, or is it ever anything else? Uh,
2: Well, that's another interesting thing. I have seen what I'll call several other species without any immediate or direct interrelation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've also seen beings that could either they are human or seriously could pass for human yeah you know with a, uh, with a couple of little nuances if you didn't know to look you know at something close enough
1: i'm like like what
2: um in particular something here and i'm showing her something visually i don't want it yeah
1: i'm like do i <laughs>
2: oh Not, doesn't bet but anyway um, so th- they could pass per people
1: interesting because I've um, I've heard as well from you know different accounts of different people that it like, perceive these beings as well, like one type that they would call that would be like a Nordic. I don't know if you subscribe to the terms. Do I
2: know all the terms? Oh, I'm sure that me. you
1: do. Yeah, I'm trying to like, because obviously, I'm sure you know more than I do. I'm just like relaying from what I know. If You that's call like them
2: true. Nordics, Pleiadians. They I'm also, known.
0: I'm convenient, con, con, coincidentally wearing yeah, my ancient culture. That was not on <laughs> purpose. I, I
2: noticed the moment I walked in, I like, oh, it's like, ah. It's one of
0: my favorites. <laughs> I, I So a message came in now, Moniz has a Facebook page. He doesn't know anything about it, but he has a Facebook page that we made a long time ago. That's like his public Facebook page. And he doesn't know how to go in there and read the messages or check the messages or anything like that. There are messages? There's a message <laughs> that came in earlier tonight when we started this discussion. So I wanted to read this to you uh, because it comes in. And the person didn't say whether it was okay to to read it on the air or not. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it uh, anonymously. I'm not going to mention the person's name. Hey, Matt, I saw you interviewed on some podcast, and this is lengthy, by the way, just to warn you. Okay. I saw you interviewed on some podcast, and it was interesting as hell. I was married a few times. Yeah, my life was crazy. And after a UFO was above my house in 2012, I'm pretty sure, I did a bunch of things I never did, got out of a horrible marriage, drove way out of my way one night to go somewhere I never intended to go, and ran into a girl I had sensed I should marry when we were kids. She lived next door when we were growing up. I feel like I was kind of led to this woman. My life has been wonderful ever since. I have a question. So in 1994, I came around a curve on a freeway about 5 a.m. and there was this gigantic triangular UFO almost on the ground just to the right of the southbound lanes and maybe 125 feet in the air. It had crazy lights and looked like something out of a sci-fi movie. Thought I was going to have a freaking heart attack. Bizarrely, no other cars were even slowing down. Totally crazy. A couple of co-workers got to work an hour late and their story was crazy. They were pretty traumatized. Then nothing else happened. In 2012, twice in a week, my house in the city was surrounded by this bizarre, laser-like blue beam of light. I mean, it was nuts. It cast no shadow. I was awake the first night by chance and saw the thing. Four nights later, my then-wife was awake and I was asleep. She was flipped out in the morning about the house being surrounded by this blue beam of light. She said she shook me and I couldn't be woken up. Frankly, after that, a lot of weird stuff started happening. My life changed after that. I felt like I was tinkered with somehow. Have you ever seen blue lights, specifically blue (laughs) beams associated with these things? I have a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, won an undergraduate research award, and had an interesting life before that as a professional musician. I was not into UFO stuff at all. Again, I found your story really interesting. I try to tell old high school friends that this stuff is real. And as well as they know me, I think most of them think I'm inventing some wild story. Like anybody is going to make this stuff up. Come on. Sorry to bug you. Some people say these blue lights are the government. Personally, I don't buy it. I'm 70 years old, by the way. Got zero reason to tell a UFO story. But I finally found some groups and that helps. It's lonely at times when you know that this stuff is real. So.
2: Well, send a link to this this show in response to this gentleman yes this stuff does have his
0: facebook page he's telling me what to do i I don't even deal with (laughs) i know i'm just (laughs) kidding but so yeah it is real but have you heard of the blue beam oh yeah before yeah that's
2: okay normally when we're listening to other abductees there are certain things that aren't made public by other researchers for specific reasons and one of the things is, you know, the blue light. We, it's somewhat been out there, but usually that's one of the things you're looking for. And when we say blue, uh, the best way to describe it is it's an electric bluish turquoise. It's predominantly blue, okay? It is not blue as the counter here, but it has another bluish turquoise-ish light.
1: Almost like an aquamarine type color.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find something closest in this room to it, but I I, I don't see anything.
0: How about a a real life object that you can think of that might be that color? Like, what would you kind of relate it to?
2: Close to a robin's egg blue. Okay. Yeah. But more electric, if that makes a sense. Yeah. Like I said, that gets close to turquoise.
0: What can I do? Electric blue. I want to put you on the spot now, Stephanie. Okay, great. So you've heard Moniz's experiences.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How about yourself? Do you feel like you might have had some kind of encounter down this path?
1: Yeah. Um, so I don't consciously remember
2: would you like to
1: I would love to. I don't consciously remember it, but the thing is like I feel like my soul knows that it's happened and I just posted a video on TikTok a couple days ago um relating it back because my friend had and I was telling her that a couple months ago I found a notebook in my dresser and I was looking for like old notes and stuff and I had come across this page that I there was no date on it. I don't automatic writing. Yeah, and I yeah, and I I had no recollection of doing it though. It wasn't like I was trying to channel anything. It just, it was something that I just wrote down and I literally had drawn it um, with like a ship and I had described, um, I'd written Pleiadians, I'd written Screen Inside and uh, like a whole list of like, Tw- the year 2020 is going to be, you know, full of disaster. It's a cycle of rebirth is what was written on the page. And then it said June,
2: your age of Aquarius.
1: June forest fires. So I had no recollection and I found this like this past November and I was telling her about it. And Tracy was like, um, Oh my goodness. Like you need to like watch this video. And she sent me a video about like a history channel person that, Um, also talks about being abducted and she was explaining the exact same thing that I had written on that paper. And I was just like, I am shook right now. And I was, I didn't have words for a couple hours at least. Like I, it's one of those things where like it it resonated so deeply in my soul, but like, it's almost scary that I didn't remember, you know what I mean? But like, I, I wholeheartedly believe that I've had these experiences. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Moni's and I have had discussions in the past where that's the, like, the I'm all for anything paranormal. I don't really dive into the demonic because I don't have a belief system. And I feel like that's, that can be a liability in that situation. So whenever there's a case that's demonic and Moniz is like, Hey, you should come along and observe this one so that you can have experience with this. And I was like, Nope, Nope. It's not a good idea. Uh, so that's the one thing that I try to avoid. But the other thing that I, I don't want to have happen, I'm very interested in what UFOs are. Moniz and I disagree in what we think that the the source of this might be. Um, obviously, he's had experiences different than than things that I've gone through. But I've I've said that I just don't want to have an encounter. Mm. And I remember we were at the Houghton Mansion. <laughs> we were it was, we were going out there to do an event, and the event was supposed to be on Saturday night, but on the Friday night, we had all gone out for dinner, and Josh, who was in charge of the mansion at the time, had said to us, like, you guys want to go over and check it out now? Yeah. So we went over there, and after we had some pretty interesting paranormal experiences there, we were all Mary. just hanging out in the mm-hmm. in the auditorium, uh, the uh, library, and we're talking different stuff. And I decided to start sharing some of the, you know, I don't think I've ever had an experience, but there are a couple of strange things, and I started mentioning them to him, and he became convinced that uh, there was more there, and he's he's been trying ever since to get me to let him put me under and and tell more of the story, but I just remember, and and one of the stories that you hear, and, and Moniz, you can you can verify this, that. As part of those screen memories that will be placed into people, they're quite often the encounter that they have. They remember encountering something, but it's not the being that they encountered. It's usually some sort of owl or or, or for in the case of young children, like a cartoon character. character. Like yeah. or, you know, like one of their action figures comes to life or something like that. And for me, at the time that I had this first experience that I could remember, I was, you know, five years old, four, four years old, probably four or five, a really huge fan of the Dukes of Hazard, And I, I had this quote unquote dream and I had a recurring dream of that uh, in, in my room, which I was always freaked out and I wouldn't sleep in my own bed. I would sleep in my parents' bed. But in my room, I had, this is just in the dream. This wasn't in reality. There was a ramp going into the, into the hallway and next to the ramp was a a casket standing up against the wall. And I had multiple recurring dreams of that. And I knew in the dream that I had to not step on the creaky board on the ramp. Because if I stepped on the creaky board on the ramp, the door to the casket would open. And so in this one particular version of the dream, I hit that creaky board. The casket popped open and there was a mummy inside the casket. And I grabbed the the you know the the bandages whatever around the mummy and i pulled and it did the cartoon thing where it kind of spins around and unravels and it was bo duke that was in which you have no idea what i'm talking about but that. he's one of the characters from the dukes of hazard and that's who was in and i've, I've actually i've actually told the story to john schneider oh, but, oh shit <laughs> and uh, so he was he was bo duke but you know he wasn't bo duke It was, I think it was, you know, supposed to be indicative of something else. And it wasn't until I heard about the way that they would cover up these memories that I started to think, okay, maybe there was something to that. Because there had to have been a reason why I was terrified to sleep in my own room. Um, Because I was proud of having my own room. I, I used to play in there. I remember sitting there. I had this Fisher Price Wow, this just popped into my head. I had a Fisher-Price, like, little record player that had these records that were, like, plastic, but they had these bumps on them. And if you put it on it, it would play. And I I remember sitting and they in...
2: they were all different colors. Yeah,
0: and I remember sitting in my room and playing those. So I had no problem, like, being in my room alone. It just had to have been something about being in there at night. And then I had two incidents around that same time. And forgive me to the audience if you've heard me tell this before, but this is new for Stephanie. The, one of the incidents was I was out camping with my parents. We used to go up to this campground in New Hampshire and I woke up in the middle of the night in the tent and I looked over to my parents. I think I had to go to the bathroom and they weren't there. They were gone. And I said, well, where are they? Like, where are my parents? And it was just me. And I think I had two, two of my siblings. There's, there's five kids in my family, but I think there was only two others at the time. And I walked out of the tent and I'm looking around for them and I don't see them anywhere. And I see off in the distance, there's a, a camper with a light on. So I'm like, my parents must be over there. So I start walking. And as I'm walking, I remember looking down in the grass, the 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 clumps and blades of grass were biting at my feet. Like I, I distinctly remember seeing that. And then I got to the camper and I, I, the people, they were all playing cards or something. I was like, are my mom and dad here? They're like, no, your mom and dad aren't here. Like, let's take you back to your campsite. And they took me back. And when they brought me to the tent, there were my parents sleeping in the tent, in the sleeping bag, like they'd always been. And so, you know, years later, I said to my parents, like, did you guys like go sneak off or something? Like, did you go sneak off to, to have a couple beers or maybe to go fool around in the woods or something? And they swore that they were in the tent the entire time. Then the second incident that happened around that same time was, I remember waking up And I shouldn't say waking up, coming to
2: okay,
0: in a different neighborhood, the neighborhood next to where my neighborhood was. It was, it was a good distance. Like I'd probably gone about a half a mile and I'm in somebody's front lawn on somebody's front lawn and I have no idea how I got there. So I knocked on the door and the person is like, what's your phone number? Who are your parents? And I was like, I don't know my phone number. I was four or five years old. I don't know my phone number. They're like, well, who are your parents? like, Alan and Mary Ellen. And they're like, well, who else do you know? And I was like, "Uh, my grandfather lives around here. What's your grandfather's name? Irving, Irving Weisberg. And I know Irving Weisberg. So, or or maybe it was that, or they just looked, like his number was listed in the phone book and my parents wasn't. Whatever it was, they called my grandfather and my grandfather picked me up and drove me home. And then my father put locks on the door to the house that were so high up, I wouldn't be able to unlock them. So I couldn't just, you know, undo the lock on the handle and open the handle and go out. There was a chain, there was a deadbolt and it was all higher than I'd be able to reach. Brought that up to my parents a few years ago, probably when we first started doing the show, they said that never happened. So.
1: Okay. I have things like that too.
0: That's. That's what a concern. Because like I've asked them, like, are you just, are you messing with me? Like, just tell me the truth. And they swear up and down. It's not, those those memories aren't real.
1: I have I have memories that other people are like, that didn't happen. And I'm like, I can assure you that happened because it was horrifying for me. You know what I mean? Of course I remember that.
2: Okay. One of the things I've learned in investigating this, it's not just the person that they take that they wipe memories from. Holy. Holy. <gasps> seriously. I'll give you a good example if you want to read a book. The Andreessen Affair. Now, Betty Andreessen was a person that was taken. She was taken in the middle of her uh, living room with like five or six other people in the room. She remembers being taken and things like that. All the other family members in the room don't remember a thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I can verify this with Uh, pretty good veracity because I know Betty Andreessen and her husband Bob Luca and I've talked with them and
1: um,
2: I've also spoken with countless other abductees and their family members when I was working with Bud and one of the things that is relatively common is they'll wipe the memory of family members in the house, or whoever is so even
0: know, if even if they weren't awake at the time, the time or?
2: yeah, they were, you know, or anything related to it, oh. because the event that happened when I was a kid, when I was talking about uh, living when I was outside the base, I remember telling my parents about it the following day, and then then asking them later. I don't remember that. I don't. Remember. It was like. Oh. So, The
0: the only thing that I could think of in terms of of my particular story is when I woke up and came to in that other neighborhood, the the only thing that I could rationalize out, and I'll just make this quick because we only got a couple minutes, was that that part of the experience wasn't real. That, That part of the experience was the screen memory. Right. So that was the only way I could kind of rectify it in my mind. So, but- I hate to cut the middle of this, you know, open sharing session here, but uh, we're, <laughs> this therapy that we're providing each other, but we're uh, almost out of time. And I want to give Stephanie a chance to let everybody know how they can find you and, and uh, where they can follow you and all the different projects that you have going on.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so my TikTok account is Stephanie with a PH and Amber is 07 at TikTok. Um, and I post on there decently regularly. It's kind of, you know, exploring science and spirituality mix as well as my own experiences that i like to talk about and share with everyone um i'm also working on a few different things working on a book kind of piecing together like a theory of reality that i'm working on kind of trying to make sense of my own experiences and basically deconstructing what the glitches quote unquote in reality that i've experienced
2: well reality is for people who can't handle drugs
1: you know not not true but <laughs> i um i'm trying to piece together almost in like a merging of the science and spiritual context of things that I've experienced and how it makes sense, both rationally and, you know, metaphysically and so to speak, and working on a book for that as well right now. So thank you for that.
0: And I know you have a podcast, right? I do
1: have a podcast. Thank you. It's Spirituality with Steph, and you can find it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't have either of those, you can just search it on the internet. I'm pretty sure it's free on places. And um, my Instagram is Steph, again with a PH, and underscore Forlini, F-O-R-L-I-N-I.
0: And you work with a number of people that are, you know, looking into these concepts. You have a, there's a collective of of people. People that are working together on this.
1: Yeah, I do um, work with a bunch of different people that have experiences like this, or they have knowledge in, in these areas. And I have done interviews on my TikTok as well as my YouTube. It's also spirituality with stuff. I'm going to be posting there more soon. And I have been interviewing people that have been um, in this arena for a bit longer than I. So, well.
0: I want to thank you for coming in and hanging out with us tonight.
1: Thanks so much for having me. We'll
0: definitely do it again sometime. That'll do it for tonight's show. We will be back next week to talk more about the world of the paranormal. Remember, if you miss any of our episodes, you can go back and get all of our podcasts going all the way back to when we first started doing this back in 2006. And uh, you can get those all from wherever you get your podcasts. If you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you go to... We're even on some of the ones that are our competitors. here on the radio world. uh, You can get them pretty much anywhere Uh, just go and search Spooky South Coast. You'll find them all. If you have trouble getting, because most of these podcast catchers, they only have, you know, the most recent 300 or 400 episodes, and we've got almost 700 now at this point. So uh, if you want to go and catch some of those previous episodes and you can't find them, just reach out to us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and we'll find a way to point you in the right direction. Some of those early ones are not so good. Mm -hmm. We got better as we went along, but uh, some people want to have the whole set and they want to be able to hear all the different ways that we've covered these topics. I uh, know uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate all your support. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. Right. I did that right. And uh, we're at Spooky SC. We're Spooky South Coast on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on everything. So until next week, stay spooktacular.